Welcome if you're visiting. I'm really, really excited to share with you as we're in this series about figuring out how God puts his love on display through us. But if you look at those words, it said, if you're lost, you can look and you will find me time after time. And if you fall, I'll catch you. I'll be waiting time after time. And I just kind of go, really? Like seriously, like time after time? Like every, every time, you're going to be there for me, right? Like, because I, I don't know about you, but is anybody else busy? Yeah, yeah you're right. So, see, so when I read that song, I feel like, I, actually, I don't know if time after time, I'm going to be there for you or if you're going to be there for me. So the reality is the circumstances of our life, but also the circumstances of our own heart, because sometimes it's just not that we're so busy Sometimes our heart just aren't very geared towards loving people. The truth is we really don't care. So I, I, I thought maybe we could sing it like this. If you're lost, you can look and you won't find me time after time. If you fall, good luck, because I'm really busy time after time. Right? Is that like a little more real? Or, or maybe it's like, if you fall, good luck, because I don't really care time after time. And, and that's just part of our reality, you guys. They're, they're, the reality is our lives are so busy and our hearts are so selfish that many times when we look at how in the world can I actually be available to love people? And then last week, we look at this crazy verse in 1 Thessalonians 3 that says, May the Lord make your love increase and overflow, right? The parisio. May your love just be crazy for each other and for who? Yeah, wasn't that impactful? It was a great message. <laughs> for each other and for, anybody remember? Everybody. For everyone? Are you kidding me? Okay, well, wait a second. Like, I'm supposed to love, like, everyone with Parisio overflowing love time after time. Anybody feeling the burden? See, now all of a sudden it's like, man, this Christian thing, what a pain, you know? So, but we look at this, and yet this is exactly who Jesus was. So and that's what we're looking at. We want to look and see how Jesus loved people because what the reality is when he died, this whole Easter thing, when he came, he died to take away your sin, right? Which is that all that stuff that makes you bent towards yourself. So now you can actually be free to live for him and to live for others, to love others. So then Jesus Christ rose from the dead so that he could actually live inside of us to help us love this way. And what we see is that Jesus was available. So that's what we're going to look at today. That love, God's love, is actually very available. And when I looked up that definition, if you're available, then guess what you are? You're free to do something, right? Hey, you available? Yeah, yeah, I think I'm free. So if you're available to love, it means you're free to love. Now, can I just ask you a question? How cool would that be if instead of your external, situa- uh, external circumstances keeping you from being able to love, or your internal circumstances, just the very nature of your heart, hindering you from being somebody who's just available to love. If God could actually set us free from our situation and from what's going on inside of here and give us some wisdom and actually fill us with his love that is for everyone all the time. I think that's possible. What do you guys think? Okay. All right. Even though we don't do it, it's possible. So let's pray. Let's ask God right now to, to kind of awaken our hearts to what his love is really like and to make us free. God, thank you for Jesus. Thank you for the death which sets us free from our sin. Thank you for the resurrection 
which gives us the power to be able to love like you love. And today, I just want to ask God that you'd help us, to help us in our busyness, in the midst of this crazy world. How can we be available to anybody time after time? How can we actually be free, Lord, to love? I just ask you'd help us to see that today through the life of Christ in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, so here's what we're going to do. We're going to do something a little bit different today. Um, I, for the last few years, every time that I have read the book of Mark, and the book of Mark is one of the stories of Jesus. There's Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. And every time I've read the book of Mark, I have felt like God has said, okay, now watch my son and see how he actually does this. Look at how Jesus lives his life. And, and so for years, I've actually wanted to share this message, and today it finally hit where, where we can go at. So I'm going to do something a little different. I'm just going to take you through the book of Mark through a lot of passages here. So just kind of bear with me. And as I'm reading these, what I want you to do is I want you to look and listen. Can I get your spiritual eyes here? And look and see how is Jesus available? How does he make himself available? How does he make himself free to love? All right, so here we go. Very first chapter. As Jesus walked on the Sea of Galilee, he saw Simon and his brother Andrew casting a net into the lake, for they were fishermen. Come follow me, Jesus said, and I will send you out to fish for people. And at once they left their nets and they followed him. Later in the chapter, now because now he's got some guys and they're surrounding him and they're walking with him. As soon as they left the synagogue, they went with James and John to the home of Simon and Andrew. Simon's mother-in-law was in bed with a fever, and they immediately told Jesus about her. So he went to her, took her hand, helped her up. The fever left her, and she began to wait on them. Okay, now keep listening. How is he making himself available? That evening, after sunset, the people brought to Jesus all the sick and the demon-possessed. The whole town <laughs> gathered at the door. And Jesus healed many who had various diseases, and he also drove out many demons. So very early in the morning, while it was still dark, Jesus got up, he left the house, he went off to a solitary place where he prayed. And Simon and his companions went to look for him. And when they found him, this is, this is one of my favorite verses in the Bible. It says, when they found Jesus, they said, everybody's looking for you. And so Jesus replied, well, then let's go somewhere else. Isn't that awesome? <laughs> See how available he is? I love that. Let's go to the nearby villages so I can preach there also, because that's why I came. So he traveled through Galilee, preaching in their synagogues and driving out demons. When a man with leprosy came to him and begged him on his knees, if you're willing, you can make me clean. And so Jesus was indignant. Something drove him. This, he had, the other word is, could be compassion. And he reached out his hand and he touched the man. I'm willing, he said, be clean. And immediately the leprosy left him, and he was cleansed. So Jesus sent him away at once with a strong warning. See that you don't tell this to anybody, but go show yourself to the priests and offer the sacrifices that Moses commanded for your cleansing as a testimony to them. And instead, the guy went out and began to talk freely. I love that too. I love how the fact nobody listens to Jesus. It's pretty... <laughs> hey, what do you want me to do? Oh, that. Okay, I'm going to do this the opposite. So he spread news, and as a result, Jesus could no longer enter a town openly, but he stayed outside in lonely places, and yet the people still came to him from everywhere. A few chapters later, as Jesus, so he, now here Jesus finds a guy who's demon-possessed, and he delivers this guy. So this guy has found new life. He's free. 
And as Jesus was getting into the boat, the man who had been demon-possessed begged to go with him. And Jesus didn't let him. Nope, you're not coming with me. Go to your own home and your own people and tell them how much the Lord has done for you and how he has had mercy on you. Next chapter. The apostles gathered around Jesus, reported to him all that they had done and taught. And then, because so many people were coming and going that they did not even have a chance to eat, he said to them, come with me by yourselves to a quiet place and let's get some rest. So they went away by themselves in a boat to a solitary place. Here we go. But many who saw them leaving leaving, recognized them and ran on foot from all the towns and got there ahead of them. When Jesus landed and saw a large crowd, he had compassion on them. There it is again, because they were like sheep without a shepherd, so he began teaching them many things. Remember, what was happening in the beginning? We can't even eat because the people are so surrounding us. Let's get out of here, man. We got to go to a solitary place, right? And they get there, the crowd's there, compassion drives them, and he starts teaching them. By this time, it was late in the day, so his disciples came to him. This is a remote place, they said, and it's already late. Send the people away so they can get surrounding countrysides and villages and buy themselves something to eat. And he answered, you give them something to eat. We talked about this last week. We're going to take care of these people. So now he feeds the 5,000, right? As soon as he gets done feeding them, as soon as the next verse says, immediately Jesus made his disciples get into the boat and go on ahead of him to Bethsaida while he dismissed the crowd And after leaving them, he went up a mountainside to pray. A couple more, listen. Jesus left that place, and he went to the vicinity of Tyre, and he entered a house, and he did not want anyone to know it. He's playing hide-and-seek. Yet he could not keep his presence secret. In fact, as soon as she heard about him, a woman whose little daughter was possessed by an impure spirit came and fell at his feet, and he healed her. They left that place and passed through Galilee, and Jesus did not want anyone to know where he was because he was teaching his disciples. And here's the last one. People were bringing little children to Jesus for him to place his hands on them, but the disciples rebuked them. And when Jesus saw this, he was indignant. He said to them, let the little children come to me and do not hinder them. For the kingdom of God belongs to such as these. Truly I tell you, anyone who will not receive the kingdom of God like a little child will never enter it. He took the children in his arms, he placed his hands on them, and he blessed them. Isn't that cool? So, I mean, I can't wait. Let me, let me just, let's just walk through this. How in the world was Jesus able to be surrounded by thousands of people and actually love everybody? How was he available? And how was he free to do it? Okay? Let's look at this. Here's the first point. You got to be free to love from your gut. You got to be free to love from your gut. So in Mark 6, 34, when Jesus landed and saw that large crowd, it says he had compassion on them because they were like sheep without a shepherd. So he began teaching them many things. And again, remember, he just said, we got to get out of here and get away from everybody. But when the crowd showed up, something stopped him from being all by himself. And the thing that hindered him, that stopped him, was his own compassion. His own drive, it got in the way, and it's what caused Jesus to be free to love those people, even though he wanted to be all by himself. It was his compassion. Now, so this is fun, because the definition of this word, now here's another fun Greek word for you, it's splagnach, right? It's the German version of Greek, I guess. But it's splagna. and what it is, you guys, is it's to be moved as to one's bowels. 
Isn't that fun? Isn't that a neat picture? <laughs> but what it means to, to have compassion means if something happens to you deep inside your gut, all the way at the core of your being. And they use that term to mean compassion. Here's why. Because when you have a wrenching, painful feeling, when you, you know the way we say it is when you're sick to your stomach, right? When something gets to that point of you, what do you got to do? You got to do something. <laughs> See, and that's why they call it compassion. Because when there's something inside your gut, what it's really saying is you care. And when you care, Jesus cared. And when you care, you're free to love. And so it's this thing inside of us that actually drives you to be free to love no matter what the situation is around you. And that's why he could heal Peter's mom. That's why after sunset, you guys, I remember reading years ago about that culture. Did you guys know that in that culture they didn't have electricity? Yeah. But you know what that meant? It was clear. Is when the sun set, guess what happened? Life was done. I mean, it was dark, so life was done. So, so in the Bible, when it made sure to say that little, after sunset, after the sunset, the whole town showed up to his door. Life's over. Here we come. Come on, Jesus, heal everybody. And then he does, because he had this spagna. He had something in his gut. He was sick to his stomach about the situation for people, and he cared. When he was traveling and doing all this ministry, one guy with leprosy could come up to him, and there was enough for him to stop. And it said he had compassion on him. He had spagna. There was something inside his gut. When he didn't want anyone to know where he was, there was something else that would drive Jesus. Here's, what, here's the truth, you guys. People with love in their gut. They just care. And you know what it makes them? It makes them see other people. People with spagna are aware of the people around them, and they see the needs, and they got to do something about it. But here's what I want to share with you about spagna, something I've learned just in the last year or two that has really helped me. It's Spagna, this, this compassion is deep inside you, man. There's something at the core. You really actually care. And so our problem, right, in our busyness and in our life and all the people that are, all, you know, all the 13 to 1,400 of us that will show up here at K2 this morning. Oh, there's just so many people, right? I, I just don't even know what I can do. Well, here's the problem. We actually think it's about time, but it's not about time. It's about depth. And if we can grasp this principle right here, it can change your whole perspective every day about how you interact with people. Because if you are going to try to have equal time for everybody, what's going to happen? Yeah, you're going to die. <laughs> I mean, equal time for everybody will kill you. And so our problem is, well, if I really care about everybody, then I need to give everybody equal part of me. No, you, if you try to do that, it's going to kill you, guys. It brings death to you. But depth in the moment with a person brings life to them. And so it's not about equal time to everybody. It's about, do you have spagna when you run into somebody? Do you actually have eyes to see them the way that God sees them? Is there compassion that rises up within you so that even if you only have a minute with somebody, you can actually give yourself to them? So Steve Andrews, my lead pastor back in Detroit, he came here a few months ago to speak. And Steve is just one of these amazing guys. I think 500 people think Steve Andrews is their best friend. You know, you know people like that? Now, are 500 people Steve's best friend? No, but they feel that way. 
So when he was here, I said, Steve, how do you do this, man? How do you love people the way that you do? So we walked into the lobby right here, and there were three two leaders sitting up on, on this table. So he stuck one here, and then he stuck one here, and he stuck one here. And he said, so Dave, if this is me, and he, this two leader, and this is what I got to get done, if this is what I want to do, if this is my plan for the day, and then he put this one, and then somebody gets in the middle of that. So here I am, and I've got to get this done, and somebody else gets in the way. What do you call those people? Interruption. An interruption. Thank you. They're an interruption, right? Yep. Wait a second. I've got this going on. And Steve said, he goes, I'm learning, I'm, I've learned that if somebody gets in my, my way, they're not an interruption, it's an opportunity. And so, they, so Steve's able to take that person in that moment. And here's what I know about Steve. He's got the love of God in him, man. And so if you run into him, I know this, the reason people feel like Steve is their best friend is because in one minute, he gives himself to them. And you guys know this, man. One minute with somebody who's actually giving themselves to you is better than two hours with somebody who's not giving you the light of day, right? Here's what's crazy. This morning, certain people greeted you. You can be greeted by somebody who's actually really glad to see you, and you can be greeted by somebody who's like, hey, how you doing this morning? Feels different, doesn't it? Somebody doesn't even have to greet you. Somebody can look you in the eye. And somehow, if they have spagna, if they have compassion, it can change your day. So it's not about how much time we give to everybody, because we can't do that. It's about the depth that we give them in the moment. So here's your application. Two things. Three weeks ago, we talked about how the love of God is with you. And to be with somebody, this, is, this has ruined me, man. I'm telling you. The last three weeks, I shared this last week, it won't leave me alone, which is a good thing. But every time I'm in the presence of somebody, I find this constant question, but am I with them? Am I with them? And I want to encourage you guys. You can give yourself away in 30 seconds to somebody. Five minutes with somebody. Jesus, you know he had spagna. You know he cared. And so in a moment, he could change their life. Now, it's your first application is just challenge yourself to really be with and to give yourself away in the moment. Here's the second thing. Can we all just, could we all just be honest and say the truth is, I just don't care? Can we be honest with yourself that, you, that we just don't care? Like, just for, like, how many of you, again, how many of you came this morning with spagna, right? How many of you came to church this morning with the love of God so welling up within you that whether, when you greet somebody this morning or when you're, the service is done, you're hanging out in the lobby, you're walking in the parking lot, your small, short interaction with another person will actually, they'll tell you really cared and that you were giving yourself away. So you guys, if that happens, we, all of us, man, we'd come here just for that, <laughs> We come to church just to be spodnut on, right? Sorry for spitting on you. So, but, but, but we would. And that's what the love of God is. And that's why that verse said, may God increase your love and make it overflow for each other. Love, you're free to love if you love from your gut. And that's what God gives. So here's the application, I'm sorry. Just confess to God that you don't. Just confess to him. You know what I'm doing? This is really helping me. Almost every day now, I'm sitting with him, and I'm looking at the day that just happened, and I'm walking through it with him. And I'm just going, God, please help me to see, would you help me to see any interaction that I had with somebody where I wasn't present? 
any time I tried to avoid something, any time I didn't give myself away. And then I, it just gives me a chance to go, God, I confess that. I'm so sorry. And he says, cool, because then I'll forgive you and I'll cleanse you from that. I'll cleanse you from that. And he will make your love increase. That's very cool. So you got to be free to love from your gut. Here's the second one. you got to be free to love from your boundaries. Okay? Now, some of us are not free to love because we lack compassion. We actually, we actually lack love in our heart. But some of us are not free to love because we lack good boundaries. Okay? So we don't know how to be responsible to other people without being responsible for other people. Do you guys know there's a huge difference? And next thing you know, when you try to be responsible for everybody, then it just gets messy, man. And you're trying to be free to be available for everybody, but you can't. And so you don't know how to say no. Like some of you in here, you, you just care so much that you're actually moved into that codependent thing, right? Where you're enabling everybody because you got to say yes to everything that everybody needs for you. And next thing you know, man, it's, it's way too much. And so what happens is we take on a Messiah role that the Messiah didn't take on. And some of you, so you know people like this, and some of you are that person. And so you're not free to be available because you haven't learned to say, I know where I kind of stop and you begin. <laughs> and this is your responsibility, not mine. I'm responsible to you. I'm not responsible for you. So we're going to look at some boundaries that Jesus had. They're so cool. But before we do, let me make something really clear. Okay? Because some of you, you have really, you have boundaries like this, right? And they're called walls. Okay? So your boundaries have gone up to the point where you're like, what you do is you use what I'm going to share you as justification for the fact that you don't care. And so the truth is, it's like, I really don't want to care for you, so I have healthy boundaries. Okay? So you got to be really careful as I'm going through these to make sure that they're actually healthy, that you have spagna and love in your gut. Okay? Let's look at these. First of all, Jesus had personal boundaries. Personal. Mark 6, 31. Because so many people were coming and going that they didn't even have a chance to eat, he said to them, come with me by yourselves to a quiet place and get some rest. Let's get some rest, guys. This is too much. You've been pouring yourself out. You need to take care of yourself. So let's get out of here. Now, again, what happened? Everybody found him, and so what did Jesus do? Spagna took over, and he taught him, and he fed him. And then, as soon as he fed him, look at this next verse. Immediately... Jesus made his disciples get in the boat <laughs> and get out of here. You guys notice that? See, that's, see, Jesus was like, okay, guys, watch me. We're getting out of here. Ministry, ministry, take care of love. We're out of here. More people, okay, compassion. Now, I demand I make sure you get out of here. He had really good personal boundaries. You guys, you've got to understand. Some of you in here need to understand it's okay to get away. In fact, you must get away. You have to refuel. You guys, if you're going to be a stream of living water that flows out God's love, then you've got to be receiving the stream. It's you've got to have a source because you're not the source. You are very limited in your love. So you've got to have God's love continue to pour into you so that you can actually pour his love out of you. Because if you notice, the two things that Jesus said here, the personal boundaries, number one, you've got to get away and do what? Rest. Some of you just need to Rest. And then some of you, the other thing is, now he goes, and once you guys rest, I'm going to go up and pray. I, you also have to re-engage with God. You just need to take a, some time away and make sure that you're actually fueling yourself with God's love for, for you so that you can continue to be what he wants you to be. 
you know, it, this has been such a huge thing for me. I remember, I don't know if you guys know this, I'm an extrovert. And so, so I, I, I have this thing where I, I, I like to be with people, but somebody told me early on that ministry turns extroverts into introverts. See, because if your whole life is like people, 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 next thing you know, you just want to dig in a hole, right? So guess what happens? If you want to dig in a hole, how available are you? And next thing you know, you have people who really want to give themselves away who now have their boundaries up and they're called walls because I didn't have really good personal boundaries. So you have to actually get away. Now, but here's, here's a quick thing. Be really careful with this um, because if you go away to rest, you know what can happen really easily? Next thing you know, you're just totally mowing on hot dog buns. Now, some of you are going, what? But if you were here about a year and a half ago, I shared very deeply that God helped me to see, because you guys, we all have a sinful nature that says, that just wants to make you think about yourself. And so what happens is people go, man, I need some rest. And then while you're resting, instead of resting in Christ, and resting in God so that he's filling you back up, you rest in what you want, and the next thing you know, your heart has just happened like it's, it's just it's totally moved inward. And here's what's crazy. It happens here all the time. People need a break from ministry here at K2, and you do. In fact, people that we have not, some people said, no, every time there's something, I'm going to do it, I'm going to do it, I'm going to do it, and we let them do it, and then they burned out. So you actually do need a rest, but what happens is many people take a rest from ministry, and then we never see them again. Because their heart went like this. Okay, so be really careful with this one. But you got to have personal boundaries. Here's the second one. you got to have people boundaries. Mark 5. Jesus was getting into the boat, so he just healed the guy, delivered him from demonic oppression. As Jesus was getting into the boat, the man who had been demon-possessed begged to go with him. And Jesus didn't let him. And he said, go, go home to your own people and tell them how much the Lord has done for you. I, I, I want to tell you, again, the first time I really saw that and I read that, I'm like, okay, that's crazy because like, I would never do that, right? I mean, if somebody's like begging, you know, begging to come with you, you kind of go, okay, come on. And here's Jesus going, this guy's like, God, thank you so much for everything you've done for me. I just want to come with you. And Jesus like, no. No, you're not coming with me. See, isn't that crazy? Because did Jesus love that guy? Yeah, he delivered him from demonic oppression. See, but what, one of the things that happened is, is you've got to understand that Jesus shows us here, he had some people boundaries. He knew how to do this because he was available fully with compassion, with spagna for every person, so he loved them wonderfully. But he also didn't let anybody else get into his 12. Isn't that, isn't that interesting? And even out of those 12, the nine couldn't get into his three. I always thought about it. How would the other nine feel like, how come Peter, James, and John get to go to the transfiguration? Because, <laughs> right? like, man, I got three in this intimate moment. I got my three. Chill, right? And so, so here's Jesus, totally loved, but he was healthy enough to know I'm in human flesh. I can really give myself deeply to these guys. So he had people boundaries. And I want to tell you what, some of you right now, you don't have any people boundaries. You can't say no. I'll be honest with you. I, this is a hard one for me. And here's the problem, though. If you need everybody to like you, man, that's so hard. Because you just want to say yes to everything. Okay? Can I be honest with you? Here's what will happen to you. If you try to be everything to everybody more than Jesus was, you're not going to be free anymore to love. And you won't be available to people anymore. 
you know what you'll do? You'll put up walls instead of boundaries. And you'll start avoiding people because you don't know how to just say no. Steve Andrews, he can love people and say no. And Jesus loved people and he just said no. Now, some people don't like to hear no and that's their issue, not yours. That's your boundary. All right, okay, got to keep going. People boundaries. Here's the last one. Jesus had priority boundaries. Mark 9, 30 through 31. It says they left that place and they passed through Galilee and Jesus did not want anyone to know where they were. Doesn't that sound available? Why? Because he was teaching the disciples. See, so here's Jesus. And what he's saying is, listen, I came to change the world. I have a priority here. And the priority are these 12 guys. So even though he's walking through crowds and teaching people and touching people and ministering to people, there were other times where he said, God, I hope nobody knows where I am. God, that was interesting, right? (laughs) Okay, so I hope nobody knows where I am because i got to teach my disciples. He knew his priority was, if I'm going to change the world, it's not going to be by touching every person for a few minutes. If I'm going to change the world, it's going to be these 12 guys I invest my whole life in who are going to go and expand it. You guys see what I'm saying? So one of the big things is you got to understand what your big rocks are, what your priorities are. And once you know what those are and you know you're doing what you're supposed to be doing, then, and you're doing that, then when you're just walking around, you're free to love people. I'm telling you what, if you're not faithful to your big rocks, to the most important, to the priorities in your life, you're going to be running away from other people because you feel like you can't live the life you were created to live. And that really leads us to the last thing. Jesus, to really be free, to be available, you have to be free to love from your call. You have to be free to love from your call. And that's where this fun verse came in. Simon and his companions went to look for him. And when they found him, they exclaimed, everyone is looking for you. And Jesus said, well, then let's get out of here. Why? So I can preach to other nearby villages. Because that's why I came. See, Jesus knew what his call was. You know what his call was? He goes, I'm going to usher in the kingdom of God into this world. So I'm going to live. I'm gonna, so the kingdom of this world means there are all these different patterns and thoughts and philosophies of life of how we try to do things. And Jesus says, I'm going to bring in God's kingdom. I'm going to bring God's philosophy, God's ways, and what's right into this world. And that's why he had compassion on everyone. That's why he loved every person he ran into. That's why when he caught your eye, you would have seen God and you would have felt loved by him in the moment. But it's also why he knew that he came to usher in a kingdom that was going to go throughout all the world and is able to make these boundaries to say, I've got to just teach these 12 guys. Do you know what your call is? So here's your call, you guys. It's both of these things. If you're a follower of Christ, then he has spagna inside of you. Jesus, who has compassion deep within his being for every human being, is in you. Okay? So when you run into somebody and you look at them and you don't want to love them, that's you. That's not the love of God. If somebody's bugging you and you withdraw yourself from them, that's you. That's not the love of God. He has compassion and care for every single human being. And he's risen from the dead to give that to us so that we can do that. So that's your first call, to usher in his love to anybody for one second, for 30 seconds, in a greeting, for a minute, for five minutes, for two hours, for your husband, wife, and kids. But here's the other thing. All of you have another calling like Jesus had, and it's specific. 
Some of you, it's, it's, it's people who are, who are homeless on the streets in our downtown Salt Lake. For some of you, it's the youth that we're loving right now who are away. For some of you, it's the elderly. For some, it's the orphan, the adoption care and foster care. For some of you, it's the refugees here in Salt Lake City. For some of you, it's the polygamists and holding out help. I don't care what it is, but I do know this. If Jesus is living in you, he's giving you, every one of you, a specific place that he wants you to invest your life in. And once you know what that call is, you can give yourself fully to that. And then when when somebody else says, hey, everybody's looking for you. Okay, great. Doesn't matter, because this is what God's called me to do. And so band, come on up, because here's what we need to do, you guys. We need to right now get before this God who loves everyone, and this God through Christ who showed us how to care, but how to have really healthy boundaries so that we can do it in a way that doesn't totally deplete us of the fullness that God has for us. And it's this time right now where we worship him and we remind ourselves right now, here's your chance. Get away in your heart and worship him and praise him and receive right now in this moment the love of God so that you can love each other when the service is over. So you can bless the people you run into in the parking lot and so we can go out of here today and help change the world.